0: Ham bone is hung like a Clydesdale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. probably the greatest line in the history of this podcast. Yeah.
2: Or- it's Monday and people are pissed.
1: Yes, we are pissed. We saw the Belko experiment. It is not good. Very bad movie. <laughs> Oh shit! It so sucks. None. You didn't have any expectation of this being a good movie.
2: No, it was I told a friend that I was seeing it, and they were like, "Huh? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see that movie. It looks really bad." And I was like, "Oh, that's precisely what it's
1: we're doing. not. It's it's not even in like most theaters. Yeah. So I went to uh, where did I go? Assembly, Assembly Row in yeah. Somerville. Yeah. Uh, never been there before, but but pretty nice. Um. Yeah. But this movie is fucking awful
2: it's uh the purge in the office really really bad uh we i thought that we hated it uh their review The review is this week's it's monday and people are pissed because they're the uh, jordan hoffman from vanity fair is fucking livid that he. this had to is the this most
1: movie. uh scathing review i think i've ever seen and we've a movie. read
2: our own reviews <laughs> right.
1: and mike ryan said that uh, that Dirty Grandpa was the worst movie of all time.
2: Yes. So, so. Uh, John Hoffman's, is that his name? Yeah, Jordan Hoffman's Vanity Fair review reads, roughly 65 minutes into a press screening of the 88-minute film. That's such a fucking bad look. If you can, If your movie can't be 90 minutes... That's like really, really bad. So roughly 65 minutes into a press screening of the 88-minute film, The Belko Experiment, a voice cried out in the darkness, For God's sake, enough already! The voice, much to my surprise, was my own, and after asking a colleague to contact me later to, quote, Let me know how this garbage ends, end quote, I raced out into the New York streets with a pounding in my chest and the onset of a rage-induced
1: headache. So this guy almost had a heart attack. (laughs) After watching this because movie, so so, because it was so bad. So I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, it was definitely not good. I thought it was
2: really terrible. I thought that it was. It made me uncomfortable um, that the movie exi- that like.
1: <laughs> yeah it it is like an uh, it is uncomfortable for this movie to even exist.
2: Yeah, it's like the because ju- just the way they they set up. What the characters do and shit like that, and it, the whole thing it's just fucked. it's
1: all just murder porn. Like yeah. there's no reasoning behind it. Yeah, it's just like hey, watch these people kill each other for an hour, yeah, and that's it. Not there's for me. N- not really a lot of context behind it. Uh, <laughs> so just like if you are just like a brainless fucking moron who just <laughs> likes to watch people. Die. Die, then enjoy, because you're going to love this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, really not a good movie. Uh, we made good on our promise. We said last week at the end of the episode, we we're like, let's get that cute guy from Love on, and we'll talk to uh, him about the Belko experiment. His name's Chris Watoski. He agreed to come on, said he was down to talk about the Belko experiment, Uh Hadn't seen it. Did not see the movie. That
1: doesn't stop us.
2: Right. Uh, that was the coolest part. He was like, I don't think I'll be able to make it to that movie, but can we still do it? I was like, even okay, better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we talked to him. He's awesome. Uh, that's coming up. Uh,
1: what else are people pissed about? Uh, so there is an article on The Sun that uh, people are outraged. That's what we're looking for. And they are outraged because an, quote-unquote, idiot frat boy smashed Uh-oh. a can of beer against a beached shark's teeth and downed a beer in a sick spring break stunt.
2: Is that what he called it? Uh,
1: that's what the that's what the headline calls it. A sick spring break oh, stunt.
2: Oh, I misheard. I so I heard you right. I heard you say sick spring break stunt. I thought you were saying the uh, the article is presenting it as like, look what this asshole did. He did this to a shark. It was fucking dope. I know.
1: You're <laughs> sick the, in the uh, yeah, the like negative disgusting. sense. Yeah. Uh, so the shirtless lad took shotgunning to the extreme when he used defenseless animal as beer opener. Jesus. <laughs> so this dude basically took a beached shark, used its teeth to poke a hole in a Michelob Ultra. That's possibly the most offensive part of this whole thing, is that he's shotgunning a Michelob Ultra. Hey, not a no good, calories, not man. a cool move. Yeah. Uh, so he poked a hole in it, then he shotgunned it, and then he was the ultimate bro. And I guess people are pissed about this. Uh, And the police are looking into it.
2: I'd be pissed, too. Like, I mean, (laughs) I like to shotgun. I think it's a fun-ass
1: are We are pro-shotgunning, as we approved in a hotel room when there was no party going on.
2: You know what I just remembered? Uh, This weekend at the bachelor party I went to... Did you shotgun? I not only shotgunned, I did a, like, fellas, let's shotgun! And got and like it was like there's like eleven people in the room and they're all like no and then you get like two or three other
1: people they're like yeah I'll do it so we shotgun there you it. go Ooh. Uh, they ha- they have a uh, witness they have witness uh, quotes in this article uh, one called it the dumbest thing they'd ever seen another they said, didn't see
2: the Belko experiment
1: <laughs> right uh, one said so not okay with a bunch of O's uh, sharks deserve. En- enough respect to not be used as a drinking prop by boys with a single-digit IQ. But okay, pal. So these are some sassy-ass well, motherfuckers giving sad. quotes. Are- <laughs> yeah. uh, and then another said, I hope the shark ate his arm off. Which seems highly unlikely. It was beached. Not in a really good position to have, like, the ground and the leverage to eat a person's arm off when you're a shark.
2: Were these people just standing around when getting interviewed, like, hyping each other up? Right. (laughs) If someone just went over to me and they were like... Hey, uh, we saw that this uh, <laughs> happened. What do you think? I'd be like, so, oh, well, t- I mean, I saw it, and to be honest, it was fucking disgusting. So, so these that kid fucking, should not have done So
1: that. these fucking witnesses are just, like, standing around trying to one-up each other. They're like, ugh, dumbest thing I ever said. No, you get in here. Right. Yeah, single-digit IQ, right. pal. Yeah. Fuck you. And they, it's like, you, buddy. They got the, they fucking interviewed the terrorist
2: squad, <laughs> and they just fucking carved it's, that guy up. That was a diss track I like have never heard in my they life. They did
1: a bunch of lines before giving quote to this news Right. They were like,
2: you know, we're almost ready.
1: <sighs> <laughs> That's what you get when you ask uh, witness, when you ask for witness testimony on a spring break trip.
2: Yes, exactly. Um, so we spoke to Chris Watoski for this episode. Um, we did everything we said we were going to do. Hit on him. Talk to him about love. Talk to him about the Belko experiment. He's a cool guy. He seemed down for all three. He seems... In doing our research for him, this is always a fun thing to do. When you're re- doing your research before you get a guest, and you're like, you realize during it, you're like, "Wow, this, this is guy's cool really dude. cool." That was a, that's a good little feather in in his cap. There have
1: been there have been times when we've arrived at the opposite like, conclusion. Oh, what like, if uh, he's not cool. Like, oh fuck, <laughs> this might be optimists might be that
2: weird. we are. We're always like, he'll be cool, and then we get him on, and we're like, ugh, <laughs> he wasn't cool, and that's why we don't have Jeff on anymore. <laughs> uh, Here's Chris, Chris Witoski, uh, First off, congratulations! Love is shooting season three, and someone was promoted to series regular. So, congratulations on that. That's a that's a no brainer. We love that character.
0: Thanks, dude.
2: I appreciate it. Um, you know who's a cutie pie? Is uh, you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why Judd Apatow hired me. He called me a cutie pie, and then said, "You got the job." <laughs> no, we,
2: uh, we we so we did. We talked about love and. Uh, we were saying, like, the Chris character is, like, the ultimate, like, cute slash mopey guy.
0: <laughs> He's definitely not the sharpest um, spoon in the drawer.
1: He's like a puppy dog on TV.
0: He is. He is. Like human a human He brings the, you know, he brings the comic relief when those main characters are kind of, like, just
1: moping around. Exactly. You need a character like that just because, like, the two main characters are so often very miserable and it's like you really need like th- the light the light-hearted character to save the day
0: right it's like a, you need like a labrador retriever to just come in and just fucking <laughs> knock some shit over and
2: <laughs> well uh, I, I feel like that's why everyone likes birdie so much like after after we saw the first season we were like birdie 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 she's yeah. so great and then we saw the second season we were like you're very much gus's um birdie gus's birdie yeah um right. Yeah, um, so you read for two parts on Love before they
0: just made up a character for you? I read for three different parts, actually. And, um, yeah, they kept just bringing me in for auditions, and it was like like every week they'd be like, all right, we're bringing you in for another guy. And I was like, oh, shit, like, they're never going to give me this job. And then finally they said, well, you're not totally right for any of these parts, but we like you, so we're going to write you a role. So who did they have you read for? They had you read for Andy Dick for mickey and who is the third (laughs) yeah and bobby lee was the other one (laughs) (laughs) yes that's right you have to be bobby lee (laughs) who was it i was like um oh i was like the um you know in season one mickey's like first boyfriend in the first episode oh yeah yeah yeah. um who i think is now played by kyle canane who's like a a stand-up okay I auditioned for him. I auditioned to be the director dude. And then I auditioned to be um, the craft service dude. I knew that was going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Who is who is now played by Jordan Rock, who is actually Chris Rock's youngest brother. I did not what? know that. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. He's awesome in that dude, show, too. We,
2: we try to do our, like, Nardwar research when we have guests. <laughs> Neither of us got that. Dude, he's so fucking funny, man. And now that you say it, he kind of, like, he uh, – he like enunciates very similar to Chris rock. He
1: really right? does. Now that I think about it, is he always stoned or is, does his eyes just look like
0: that? <laughs>
1: I, you know, that's a good
0: question. He might always be stoned. Well, either well, way, he's killing it. So yeah. keep getting stoned, I guess. <laughs>
1: uh, so how much of you is in the Chris character? If they just like gave you him, if they just made a character for you.
0: Yeah. So I kind of got to like make it up as I went along and, um, uh so it, it it is a lot of me it's a dumber version of me you're like i'm i'm nice. not that dumb you know <laughs> it's good
1: to hear well i guess not not great for us because that would have been a great podcast yeah if it was just like this, <laughs>
2: this you're like how are you horrible. guys forming sentences that's really cool i appreciate the way you guys can do
0: that <laughs> yeah. yeah no i uh i'm not that dumb but otherwise there's a lot of me in that character
2: we do this with every character with every uh actor we have uh it's, I don't think anybody likes it except for us, but we just tell you what uh, your favorite line was uh, because <laughs> people really like when people recap shows by saying, and then this person said this, and then this person said that. So uh, Pete and I were just discussing your best line in season two is when uh, Mickey, Gillian Jacobs' character, yells something inappropriate that falls flat. She yells when they're watching Wichita, like, hey, Heidi, get off Gus's dick. And the joke is... Totally falls flat. Not cool at all. Nobody's laughing. And you're the one guy that's super amused by it that you
0: yell out the same joke. And you're like, yeah, get off his dick. I literally just repeat the exact thing she just said.
1: That that completely
0: fell flat. (laughs) That's the best. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite moments, too. That's one of my favorite my other favorite is when I'm uh, I'm am trying to get into the club and I spell my last name and I say it's really easy to spell, just like it sounds.
2: <laughs>
0: what's uh, is, is your last name in
2: it, Witoski?
0: I uh, know it's what's Ch- your last name. Close though, it's like Cheskowski or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: yeah, I remember that joke, but I was like, "Fuck, what's his what? what is he? What name does he actually give them?"
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys appreciate that line. That's one of my favorites too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
2: Dude. It's, um, what's the genesis of the uh, the theme song parties?
0: Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. Um, that know, like, was, you and Paul Rust kind of go back, right? We do. We went to college together, Paul and I, and he actually uh, used to like write like plays in college. And he put me in my first play in like 2001 um, in college and then. After college, I moved to Chicago to do, like, Second City and stuff, and he moved straight to L.A., and so we, like, lost touch, but now, like, 15 years later, here he is, like, putting me in my first big TV show, so it's crazy. Jeez,
2: and though, I mean, is, are those parties something that he does in
0: real life, or was that just kind of part of the show? I think that's just kind of part of the show, but he does do, like, um... Because I know has, you're in the band, Right, he's in a band and he's a musician. And then the guy playing the piano is a guy named Mike Cassidy, and he writes those songs with him. Um, but <laughs> dude, awesome. it's so it's such a great idea. It's so like I really think that people should have parties like that.
2: I you know what when we when Love first came out we were like shit we want to have parties like this but would it be weird to explain to your friends who haven't seen Love like oh hey it's this Netflix show that mm-hmm. you don't watch because um you have a life and you're out doing things and I'm watching Netflix all day and uh, it's a specific thing in this show that you don't know about that uh, is strongly influencing my life and uh, <laughs> you can come over and be part of this thing. I feel like that's a tough sell.
0: It might be a hard sell at first, but you know, but then, Hey, maybe they'll watch the show.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it, you know what? It's so that, that seems so fucking fun that I feel like after a minute, those people would get over their hangups.
1: Yeah. You don't even like need to need to know just, it. If I they think
2: don't it, know the show. They just say, it's my idea.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> exactly. There you go. You can take credit for it.
2: Yeah. So uh, you were in a sketch group with uh, Lamor and Morris
0: I was back in the day, yes. What was he like? What's he like now? <laughs> oh, he's great. Well, so when I, the- <laughs> when we were in a group together back in Chicago, he was like this nerdy little skinny kid who didn't know how to do improv. And now the fucking guy's like Eddie Murphy. He's like riding around <laughs> in limos. <laughs> I'll see him out here in, a, in Hollywood every once in a while. And he's still the same old like great guy, but now he's just like too big for his britches. It's hilarious.
1: That was yeah. such a, that was such a like, Chris Farley question for me. It's like,
0: yeah, so you were awesome. You were this.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> Remember
0: when you were in the Beatles?
2: Yeah. Um. You did. Uh, you did an episode of New Girl though.
0: Um. He did. No. Yeah. He wasn't in that scene. You just did like a, a Jess scene, right? Yeah. It was just me and um, Zoe going on like a blind date or something. But that was fun.
1: Uh. That scene basically is our is, podcast. is this podcast it's like hey i'm not gay but i would be all up in michael strahan's shit
0: <laughs> so you've seen the episode okay good. thank you Oh, yeah, well,
1: i'm a huge new girl fan and just like the idea of being straight and talking about like what dudes you would be all up in their shit like that is this that podcast is po-
2: once a uh, once a year we do an episode called hot guys versus weathermen which hot guys are you know what those are uh weathermen are guys who just like like between you and me like colin jose is a weatherman you know like he's like a nice face it's a haircut haircut, yeah exactly like but please hot no um so once once a year we do an episode of that but then also every other episode of the podcast is that as well yes we just only call it that once
0: (laughs) so who would you so would david ortiz be one of your guys i see all that uh no, we're just. I'm this is
1: my like downstairs. This was a Red Sox uh, studio before that changed, and now we're doing this. But uh, who, who are like the well, Zach? We have like a, a weekly Zach Efron update heat
2: check, yeah. Uh, what, what are you hearing on Zach Efron? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, he's got the bod. Yeah, <laughs> there see? we go. That's the latest Zach Efron heat check, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh. Let's see. I mean, I go John Ham. John Ham is a very uh it's a polarizing one because a lot of straight girls don't think John Ham's that good looking. And that because they don't know about his penis. That brings us to our biggest belief, <laughs> which is that straight girls are the are the worst at diagnosing which guys are hot.
0: Uh, it's a big thing. Ham bone is hung like a Clydesdale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's probably is. the greatest line in the history of this podcast, yeah, right? That's there. like
0: I would say
2: <laughs> 70% of our podcast has been articulating that, but not saying it as well as you just said. it. We we came up with an idea, though, called ham pants. And it's when you have like a big presentation at work and you put the pants on and it makes you look like that shot of John Ham walking down the street.
1: It basically like has it's like a it's like a stuffing. Right, yeah. Stuffing with like a dick imprint in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway down to your knee. Yeah, pants. Copyright <laughs> merch update.
0: <laughs> he, yeah, he lived, he lived in my old neighborhood out here and I used to see him a lot. And one time I was in a coffee shop and he walked in and there were these two like ladies working behind the counter. And he walks in and both these girls like played it so cool. Like, oh yeah, no big deal. And so he orders his coffee and then leaves. And the second he walks out the door, these girls like burst it, like start giggling. And like, oh my God, it was him. So
2: that was us. Yeah. Yeah. That was, we we actually, we were working there that day. (laughs) Got to pay, got to pay the bills for the podcast, so we were out doing that. Yeah, but he so he walks in, just knocking shit over left and right with his penis, just with his penis,
1: swinging dong all over the coffee shop, breaking shit.
2: Yeah, that big old hog is just knocking over bags of coffee. So, like, when you see something like that as an actor, as a comedian, does part of you think like, hmm, one day, or do you think like, thank God, I'm not like, I'm not like John Big Swing and Dick Ham
0: right now. You know, it's, I've started to kind of get noticed a little more the last couple of uh, weeks because of love, you know, Mm because I think more people are watching it and and it's, it is a strange experience for sure, because like, like I'll be at the gym and I'll just like feel eyes on me. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I'll be up there just banging, clanging and banging, you know, putting up those 25 pounders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you can feel the eyes burning, yeah. burning through those. You feel the eyes fuck- on
0: you, and it's kind of
2: it's kind of a strange thing because it's Netflix and it's super bingeable. Um, you mentioned this on a, a podcast, kind of, but like, does the kind of uh, heat that comes off your show dropping only last like a week because it gets binged, or do you find that that sort of exists throughout a calendar year?
0: It's that again, a very strange experience. I feel like it it is like Netflix is very like word of mouth and it's like, it is like this thing for a couple weeks, I think. And then, yeah, all of a sudden it kind of drops off and you're like, what the fuck? But then I'll have people like all of a sudden five months later, you know, like send me a Facebook message like, oh, I just watched it. Finally. It was so great. Yeah. That
1: seems like, that seems like it would be a really interesting, you know, scenario because when a netflix show gets hot
0: it oh, gets it fucking, fucking
1: hot burns and it's greens like i'm sure that there are still people out now that like who don't have a ton of free time and stuff and they're like still getting into stranger things and yeah like that that fire burns for a while and i feel like love has the potential to to burn for a while for a lot of people
0: yeah i think so too i think what's cool about like cstd <laughs> joke <laughs> It's I think cool because people are talking about season two. And so some people who haven't even watched season one are like yeah. starting it now, you know. So
2: You know what's funny? I was uh I was talking to one of my friends the other day and he was like, Do you guys watch love? And I was like, Yeah, I, I do. And I was like, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna have uh one of the people from Love on my podcast. He's like, I already know who it's gonna be. And I was like, No, you don't. He was like, Yes, I do. And he was like, I loved season one, really liked season two. And I feel like he was like the the guy that kind of stands out in season two is the Chris guy. You're having the Chris guy. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> we uh, are very predictable. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's Birdie. I just lied to him so he wouldn't feel so like he's hot <laughs> shit.
0: But well, well, this is a good get for you guys. I will. I will. It say. Is, this, it's is, a great get. this is this uh,
2: is this is a biggie. We've. Uh, do, you, do you know Chris Demontopoulos? Uh, what is he? a Stand up. He's uh he's in fucking everything you've seen. Uh, have you seen Silicon Valley? yeah yeah uh he's russ hanneman
0: oh for sure yeah yeah yeah
2: okay And he's also in like the soprano he's like a he's got a role in everything he's a mercenary basically yeah exactly he was yeah, in the last season yeah um we've uh we've had miles teller he he requested to be on our podcast actually <laughs> wow that's <I> <laughs> a we followed miles teller and basically uh disrupted what was supposed to be like a scrum interview and it was just the two of us asking these kind of questions to miles teller <laughs> at a premiere and he yeah. was
1: like well this is fucking weird it's
2: like a bunch it's us and like a bunch of tv cameras and we were asking most of the questions and very quickly he diagnosed these two people are asking very similar <laughs> questions everybody else is saying like what's it like to be in a movie and you guys are asking about how Aaron eckhart looks <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we were also the first people to ask questions yeah. of the night and so just really set the bar pretty low for him
2: <laughs> yeah so um so the idea that we had was uh we were like let's get chris from love on to talk about this new movie the belko experiment that he is not in um <laughs> and hasn't seen, it hasn't seen.
0: <laughs> and let's just kind of see where that goes so i you didn't see that movie right i didn't i've seen i saw the movie get out and i saw the trailer for this uh, Belko oh well, experiment before. well
1: <laughs> get out, well, i mean first of all congratulations on not seeing the belco experiment yeah, because not you saved some time and some brain cells <laughs> and two get out is amazing we can just do like a sixth <laughs> get out episode right now i know we did we really have done so many get out episodes what'd you think of that movie loved it it was great okay
0: yeah, it was fucking so, uh, wild.
1: Yeah. I can take my I can take my finger off the hang-up button now, yeah. just in case you said anything terrible about get out.
0: But uh, the but so wait, Belco experiment is like people get trapped in a building or some shit.
1: So uh I I wrote a quick
2: synopsis in case you didn't know anything about it, that we could be like, all right, here's a little paragraph that you get, and now we go. Um so a major corporation is uh it's actually just a big experiment that makes people kill each other, and if they don't kill each other. Their heads will explode. Um, if I can be frank, I liked it better when it was called Mars Attacks. But uh, that's basically that's basically what the movie is. So wow. like, and, and, and there's a
1: it's located in like an office in Colombia? Colombia. Yes,
2: yeah. So they uh, it's a bunch of people at work. Uh, big
1: head from Silicon Valley. Dude, it is like an all-star cast for of, a like, bad movie. It's like an all-star cast of like that guy who's been in a million different things yeah. who you might not know his name, but there are so many like recognizable actors in this movie. John C. McKinley from scrubs is in it. He's great. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, yeah, there's big head. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of recognizable. There's a the guy from the walking dead, Daryl's brother. Yes.
2: Oh yeah. The best part about it is, uh, this is really all you need to know about the movie is when they do the opening credits, uh, they say it's like, you know, they flash the actors, the the stars, this and that. They gave they gave Merle from The Walking Dead and and Michael Rooker. If that, is that his name, Michael Rooker, something like that? Maybe. But but they gave him an and. Is That's, that a big thing in in acting, Chris? If you are at the credits, they put your name last, but
0: they put and before and or it? with. Oh right, yes. It, it yeah. kind of makes you seem like you're special or something. Yes.
2: Yeah, right. so you know, now now that you're getting that uh now that you got that series uh series, yeah, regular. series regular shine, you should be like, Hey, just one quick last thing before we like hammer out this contract. Can an the and.
0: opening credit <laughs> say and Chris Watoski. That's what I'm gonna call Judd Apatow after this podcast and be like, Hey, listen up, motherfucker. Yeah. These guys
1: told me that I need an and or a with. So listen here, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What's uh before we get into the, the, the Belco experiment, what's the biggest difference for you now going into season three now that you're a regular? Like what does that entail for you as an actor?
0: The money, baby. Yeah. Oh, ducats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know what what's cool about it is um it gives you more job job security. And now they kind of like own me. So they like pay me more now so that I will like only do this show. Um, and it'll be, mean more screen time, but also it's just kind of like a nice vote of confidence. Like Judd Apatow's, like, Oh, this guy's good. We should, you know, make sure we secure him. So he doesn't. So it's like in- putting a ring on it. Exactly. It's like putting a ring on it.
1: Exactly. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the ring. That's awesome.
2: How are the, uh, how are the Apatows to be around? We, uh, it's it's absolutely nuts how much um what's it, Iris, Iris yeah speaks yeah. like Leslie Mann. Not even like she she looks a lot like her, but just her mannerisms, the way she speaks. I'm like that is a that is that person is Leslie Mann.
0: Right? Dude, I'm scared of I'm scared I of.
2: She's intimidated because I would be oh, fucking super terrified intimidating, of her. Man. So well, she's the, she's the sassiest person in television history or that character like
0: uh, finishes
2: the episode where she's doing the uh where she's shooting the movie and they finish the take and they're like all right great now we just take a close up
0: oh And like, she's like no, Fuck I'm you. Done. i'm tired and
2: she walks off yeah uh,
1: i don't want to take her away from love but i think she would be amazing as that little girl and from game of thrones you don't watch game of thrones no right? but, like there's uh there's like a little badass in game of thrones you would be she would kill that role yes she would for sure back to the belco yeah so back to the belco
2: experiment so th- these bozos are at work and a uh, guy comes on the uh, intercom and is like attention workers most of you will be dead in like a like three hours give or take nobody uh, does anything ab- yeah and, like, and everyone's ah, like uh, yeah <laughs> sure we will like hashtag trump's america or whatever and uh then he's like uh what did you say you have uh 30 minutes to, ki- to kill two, two people. people yeah and if you don't there will be consequences so they just like they're like yeah okay bozo like your voice sounds weird and then after a half hour they were like uh you didn't kill anyone and then they make two people's heads explode so now people know that it means business and then they say now you have two hours to kill 30 people or we'll kill 60 so the movie becomes them figuring out what they have to do, and some people just immediately are like, "All right, I'm a murderer now," and they start killing people. Um, uh, what would you guys do in both those situations when you hear the first one, and then once you know that like shit's going? Because like there's a
1: lot of there's a lot of fight or flight going on yes. in that movie where like some people just hide and some are like big pussies and then the other ones are like all right now we're mass murderers
2: no matter what i would be the thing that you would qualify as uh the big pussy I'd i be- i
1: absolutely would too yeah i would be hiding and just like praying i would either
2: there. hide or kill myself like right <laughs> off the bat
1: be like attention
2: most of you would be like i don't like this guy's voice and i would just i would just like, like die. When they,
1: like when they there was like a scene where they went up to the roof to see if like they could signal for help or something i was like i'd just jump right there Right.
2: Yeah, it's like, this is a way out. Oh, what would you okay. do in this terrible situation, Chris? <laughs> Jump to your
1: death? Please well, tell me that you would be a murderer.
0: Well, hold on. So, But my first question is, how the hell do they make people's heads explode? They just, so, oh, but,
2: That's a good question. They, they <laughs> set it up in Colombia, and what they do is when they hire the people, they say, um, hey, so you don't get kidnapped because it's dangerous here. We're going to put trackers in the back of your head. So everyone's like, sure, perform whatever surgery on me you'd like. (laughs) And then they proceed to put an explosive in their head, which, by the way, if that happened, if I got if I was working in like a dangerous place and they were like, this place is dangerous, we're going to put a tracker in your head. I would do that. And then I would immediately get killed because I just like go out that night and be like, I'm fine. I have a tracker. And they'd be like, (laughs) it would not be a tracker. I'd get kidnapped. And then that would fuck up their experiment because they wouldn't have as many people.
1: I think I'd just get another job. Like if I, if there were, if, if, if you went on the set of love and they were like, all right, you can be on the show, but we're going to put a tracker in your head because you might get kidnapped after being on the show. Would you do it?
0: Well, yeah, hell yeah, I do. If they're paying me. I was just about to say, if
1: your answer is no, that's a fucking
2: bad look, man. <laughs> like if, if Apatow found out about that, <laughs> that's not, it's not a team player.
0: <laughs> so, well, okay. So that's how they bl- explode your head then is they have this yes. whole already in there. Yes. Yeah.
2: Did you get the Mars attacks reference, by the way?
0: Uh, you know, it's been a lot of years since I've seen Mars Attacks.
1: I so, just I remember Martian's like the one explode. the one clip where like the Martian's head explodes and then it turns to like the shit inside the yeah inside the the helmet thing. If
2: memory I... serves, they play um, it's it's if they hear either either music or if it's like a certain song or something, but that makes their heads explode.
0: So they start playing music and then all the Martians die. <laughs> remember uh, what was that other movie? Signs, where there's like the crop circles and all that shit. Yes. At the end of the movie, it's just revealed that the 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 thing that kills them is just water, and so you just put water in a squirt gun and kill the aliens. It's such a lame way to
1: end <laughs> it, it really, it really is. Like th- that's all you need to do to kill the aliens. Just have like water. <laughs> Wild is, is Zoe Deschanel's in that, right? Is she? No, I don't know. I didn't. Say I don't that think one. so. <laughs> She's I in one
2: know.
0: of those movies. She's in a movie. She's been in a 500 movie. Five Hundred
2: Days of Summer, I think, is what the one we're talking
0: about. Yeah. <laughs> So to, to answer the question with the Belko experiment, I think what I would do is I would immediately just focus on getting laid because I'd be like, I'm probably gonna die. I'm probably gonna die anyway. So yeah. why not like grab the the girl who's who I you know have been crushing on in the office and like take her into the broom closet? There is like so there is that
1: the there is like that element of the story, kind of, but it's like a creepy one where it's like the dude is kind of stalking. Oh yeah, guy. he never really goes for it either.
2: Yeah, well, well, I mean, if he were to go for it, it would be, and like, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: obviously, but like he is also a murderer, so not the he doesn't have the highest moral compass.
2: Yeah, but uh, so there, there is like a relationship going on there. It's between uh, the guy from the newsroom, John something, uh, and the female lead. But it seems that they're getting it pretty regular as is. So I think they're like, you know what? like we probably just did it an hour ago let's <laughs> let's let these few hours take place and then we'll circle back to it later. nobody
1: even jerks off so that that's a plot hole that's a plot hole Like you have 30 minutes to live everybody just runs to the bathroom and jerks off in the stalls
2: <laughs> well the the uh ceo the boss whatever like the manager there is uh so the, the John something from the newsroom, who we're going to look this up after, 0% chance his name is John. I think uh, it is John. John something? Um, yeah,
1: who, it, it, he was reviewed as saying it, he was fine.
2: Yeah, so the, there is a very scathing review as well, that uh, a guy says, I was seeing a screening and someone screamed, ended already, and sprinted out of the theater. That was me. <laughs> so... Um, his name is
1: john gallagher jr
2: john gallagher jr so he says um like we need to come up with like we need to do something and then someone mocks him and they're like what should we do jerk off in a cup and it's i guess that's that's
1: kind of what pete's going for here i I mean i wouldn't rule out jerking off if i had two hours to live that would
0: be all i'm saying i kind of feel like i want to see this movie now I was just about to say, does does this sound like a good sales pitch? (laughs) It kind of does. I mean, so far it's like, damn, this sounds pretty cool.
2: We spoiled it saying there's no ejaculation whatsoever in the movie. So (laughs) that's kind of... Hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, a girl does uh to save her life goes up to the. She box. tries to put out. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, you know what? You want to go full smashies? I'm game." And he's like, "Get over here!" And then he breaks her neck. What a dick! What a dick! <laughs> Come on! Chivalry is fucking dead.
0: Offering herself up, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, Chivalry and that woman is dead. Here's what I always ask about about a movie: is like. When you when you were leaving the theater, what was your like what was your emotion? Was it like that was a piece of shit or was it like that was kind of fun?
1: So, here's the thing. It's like I was watching the movie and I was entertained the whole time. I was just like this is interesting enough, but like the ending was so unsatisfactory that when I was leaving the theater, I was like, what the fuck did I just watch and why why was that movie made?
2: Yeah, so I was very similar. I was u- upset. <laughs> that it was made um just because it's they present to- these characters as like hey we're all at the office yeah. this guy's the flirt this right. girl's the sassy lady this guy's the stoner and they, then like they make everybody like somewhat
1: relatable but yeah. they don't do enough to make you like them
2: and then once it's oh. like hey you guys have to kill people there are so many people in the office that are like i've been waiting for this <laughs> shit. yes i get to be a murderer now and that um that i'm like what are they trying to say about people that right. like at any given moment somebody can be like all right
1: time to be a killer now and also like the the comparables there are like the i think the purge is a comparable it's the purge was, indoors right or or like saw it's like a combination between the a saw movie and the purge well it's it's definitely
2: so heavy on the killing and like it's not it's not so gory
1: it's but it's just like it's like person killing it
2: dies person yeah right exactly it's it's murder porn
0: yeah
1: and like there's but the difference between this movie and the saw movie is like the saw movie saw movies are like here are bad people and like this like the message is like we're, it's kind of like justice a little bit yeah and you're like forcing people into a, like a terrible situation and, they have to and there's no to explanation move. in this movie as to like why these people are basically turn into like lab rats yeah and there's really no explanation to it beyond like we just want to see these people kill each other
2: uh should we can we spoil it completely for you please please because the end the end the end really the end like, really sucks that, <laughs> like i was thinking this movie is bad and then they showed us a short on the worst a movie can possibly be just as a little uh, cherry on top so uh after so they have to kill 30 people in two hours or else 60 die. So they get a little two minute warning and it's like 29 people have been killed. Please kill one more in the next two minutes or we will like complete the 60. So you're like, all right, who's it going to be? And there are all these showdowns and like, as it's happening, the uh, the voice comes back on. It's like, man, you really didn't fucking do it. <laughs> you like, fucking you have idiots one had one person. more person. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you did not complete the 29. We will now kill 31 additional people. And it's just like a fucking parade of...
0: Balloons it's like, popping. Yeah,
2: it's like <laughs> fireworks of people dying one by one. And uh, so then there's very few people left. There's like something like 15 or 20 people left. And it's like, all right, last thing of the game. Um, Whoever finishes with the most kills gets to leave and they read off everyone's kills and then so everyone's killing each other. And then there ends up being uh, the,
1: the The boss, the COO and then like the, the regular main character are in like a showdown and whoever it's like winner takes all basically. right? Exactly. So the good guy kills that guy. Also,
2: there's been like a fake final girl throughout the whole movie that, that like you think that she's going to live and then she just oh, dies yeah, randomly. That was um, great though. Anyway, so the good guy gets out and then two guards come in, take him to a hangar next door to be like debriefed or whatever. And the good guy reveals that as people have been dying from like murder not from the head explosions, he's been taking the explosives out of their heads and he's got them and He's been putting them on all those people because when they bring him into the hangar, he does like a he goes up to a guy and he goes, Why? And he throws himself at him, but he's really putting explosives all over the place. And then he jumps up, flips all the switches, and everyone dies. And then they show him on a screen, and it's one of many
1: screens. And he basically because like because it's happening right, everywhere. Yeah. And he basically asks, like, why are you doing this? And the guys, the, the main know. guy's the main guy's response is like, Don't ask questions. I don't really know. I'm just collecting data. And it's like, what the fuck? You just
0: that was the, that, that was the payoff to this movie is,
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I'm just collecting data. <laughs> That's literally a couple guys in a writer's room. Like, ah, whatever. Who cares? Just say something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, left by now. It was,
1: so basically the pitch for this movie is like, let's spend 80 minutes just killing people. And then in like, somebody's like, well, what do we, how do we explain it in the last five minutes? And like, just say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, movie.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know, but if I remember there, were, you guys were doing like an explosion
1: thing. Yeah, do more explosions then and then it'll be over. Say, I don't know, but leave it open for a second one just in case the movie somehow does well. Right, right. <laughs> this is going to be really, so this, is, this conversation is going to be really awkward if you're, you're in, in the, the second, second one.
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I can't wait to see it now, guys yeah please report back
2: yeah <laughs> uh i'm wondering like should we return the favor and have you explain the movies to us that we haven't seen before have you seen the
1: godfather because we have. yeah it. we haven't seen the godfather so you
0: haven't no,
1: no neither we, one of us has seen the godfather oh, man. Because...
0: i recently this is actually interesting i recently rewatched the godfather one and two and nice
1: is the third one is the one that like everybody pretends doesn't happen right
0: right the third one is the one that sucks yes so we should okay. watch that one, and <laughs> yeah. not watch the first. Season. Have
1: you seen uh Have you seen
0: the neighbors franchise? The name Oh, I've seen uh, neighbors one because my friend Ike Barinholtz is in it. Okay. Oh, you're friends with Ike Barinholtz? Oh yeah, buddy.
2: He rules his uh his Barack Obama impression in the first one is hilarious.
0: It is. <laughs> That's right.
1: Uh, so what is?
2: We think it's neighbors without having seen <laughs> the Godfather. We're like we're pretty sure it's neighbors.
0: Yeah. Yes. Neighbors. It, neighbors uh, with Seth Rogen and Ike Barinholtz is much better than the fucking Godfather. Okay.
2: Cool. Confirmed. I just feel like I feel like Ike Barinholtz and Zach Efron aren't in the Godfather. You've seen it. I haven't. Don't spoil it for us. Just, just if they are in it, don't
0: say anything. <laughs> the Godfather, I think, ranks number one movie of all time on a lot of lists
1: that's true but a lot of lists are bad
0: yeah but like a lot of lists
2: like apparently haven't seen whiplash <laughs> whiplash is dope how about that movie
0: I, I did see that movie the drum the drummer boy the little drummer boy
1: yeah that will
2: miles teller after he finished that movie he was like what do i do from here brunch
1: came on this podcast yeah and that's Come why things God. have gone downhill for him <laughs> not really no, he's, <laughs> i was
2: like i you say like he's as a list
1: as it gets um on your podcast
2: yeah, yes, th- th- that's was. the guy that we. Was,
1: that's a that's an that's a question of disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> he came on this
2: shit. We yeah. tracked him down. Who's like the the biggest guest we've had, other than him and uh, Aaron Chris. Eckhart, who we stole. We we forced like Aaron Eckhart and Miles Teller. Yeah, um,
1: that was like basically the Belko experiment. We were like, come on this podcast, we're gonna blow your head up.
0: <laughs> Ooh, have we blown your mind? <laughs> how many listeners do you guys get do you know what's your what are your numbers oh my god like like hey i'm thinking of a number and it's
2: fucking high you know let's just leave it at that <laughs> we actually don't know we only see how many soundcloud listens we get ah. and we don't know what our itunes subscribers are so when people ask us for like advertising purposes oh we'll just shoot over how many like what your av download is or whatever they always like have a quick little abbreviation
1: thing and we're like ah you name it pal and they're like (laughs) well that doesn't work write down a number no we're on like a couple thousand like every episode for soundcloud SoundCloud,
2: yeah my my guess is that we probably get like conservatively i would say five thousand, something like that
1: That including itunes because
2: i don't know i don't listen to shit on soundcloud
1: are you a podcast listener
2: i am yeah but
0: i don't listen on soundcloud
1: yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Nobody like, does. Everyone
0: does iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Right. What's
1: uh? What are you? What are some of your favorite podcasts?
0: Well, I've been listening to uh, WTF with Mark Maron since the beginning. That's
1: that's like the holy OG, grail.
0: Yeah, the holy grail. Love it. Um, I love Radio Lab. They tell some interesting stories on there. Um, hmm. what else?
1: Are you like a murder podcast guy or are you like a, a comedy podcast guy? Because now, well, like, the new shit is murder podcasts is a
2: booming business. Everybody
1: loves to
0: talk about fucking murdering people on podcasts. Right? That is the big thing now. And, well, I'll tell you, also, uh, just on, uh, like, television, have you seen The Jinx? I have. That is a fucked up show. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Talk
1: about, like, an, an ending that doesn't let you down is The Fucking Jinx.
0: I... I told my fiance I've never been more glued to the television than the last episode of that show. That shit is unsettling. dude it is,
1: it's wild. He is a crazy ass motherfucker.
0: Oh my God like, very hard to pinpoint. King of the sociopaths. yes fantastic.
1: it is wild. uh yeah. I mean, like it seems like like murder is like the hot new shit for podcasts like there soon enough there's just gonna be people who murder other people just so that they are the topic of a podcast
0: (laughs) i live what's the bit oh yeah i listened to serial that one when it came out
1: yeah i haven't listened to that one but that was like the that i feel like that's
0: the shit that started the murder trend right right you gotta i mean you've gotta spend hours with that one right yeah
2: you just like write a fucking like murder storyline thing
1: into brunch
0: that That would would be like that would be like
1: a very always sunny in philadelphia thing because they, yeah. they do that shit all the time and they did making a murderer that's
2: right they did yeah oh that's right <laughs> yeah uh, so so uh how's what's his face how's
0: like baron holtz what's he up to <laughs> oh, he's great man he's great i actually host a, a an interview show out here he in la you, so you do comedy it's very good yes and he was what he was my guest like a couple months ago him and his brother john Oh, wow. That's sick. Uh, One question
2: that I had written down because it's the worst possible question ever. Uh, You are going
0: to have Horatio Sands on that. Coming Uh, up, I am.
2: Yeah. So what are you going to ask him?
0: (laughs) Dude, that guy. So I came up in Chicago. I started like performing at Second City and stuff. And that dude is one of the fucking funniest improvisers I've ever seen in my life. Really?
2: I mean, he on SNL, he was the fucking
1: yeah the goat improv is like improv is a wild beast because i feel like a lot of the times when i hear that somebody is really great at improv it's like huh i wouldn't expect that
2: but it's like right. the biggest
1: feather you can put in someone's right cap. like that is imp- more impressive than anything i think like people say, like, who aren't into
2: comedy see zach woods and they're yeah. like uh oh, huh and they like they see like the sonic commercials and they're like okay two guys yeah. whatever but the people who
0: like fucking get into that shit bow to those people oh my god yeah i the sonic guys i'm friends with those guys and we uh, started in chicago together dude tj sonic guys is one of the funniest improvisers ever
1: that's what everybody says is that yeah. he's like a fucking god
0: oh my god yeah like you don't even if, if you if you don't know the scene then it's hard to understand but that he really is like a a walking god in chicago
1: if how how good would you rate yourself at improv
0: Wow, I would say that I'm not as good as TJ or Horatio, but I'm maybe just one notch below those guys. It's not a bad place to be. That's like a that's a killer notch to <laughs> right. be resting at.
1: How much of uh, how much of love is, how much of room is there to improvise there?
0: A lot. Actually, Judd is really cool about it and, and encourages it and um, I probably probably out of anybody improvise the most on that show. The writers are really good and they write these great scripts, but but like judd likes it when i improvise so i get to fuck around more than than anybody else
2: yeah i feel like the scene where um it's it's kind of like your first big dopey scene i guess is after the workout when um gus's gus has the he's written the show and everyone's all happy for him and you say something of the effect of you're like yeah you're gonna be going to premieres with that hot chick you're hanging out with and they're gonna be like writing shit about you like who's who wore it who's hot and i'm like that's definitely fucking improvised like they told him like be excited for your friend and be kind of dopey about it
0: oh at
2: 100 improvise do you remember i I, i'm obviously poorly remembering what you said but uh, you're trying to say like who's hot who's not or
1: something or who wore it best
0: (laughs) yeah it's like who hot or not who wore it best
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh what is what's your favorite or most memorable you think improvised line that you're most proud of that made it to, to air.
0: Wow. Um, Oh, there's a funny one that, um, in the, in the second season where I, I like throw a shoe across the balcony to, to Gus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your other shoe. Yeah. And then at the, at the very end of that scene, I improvise where I, I look down and I see another shoe and I go, Oh, there's another one down there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Someone that. was living there before Gus and you've been throwing shoes <laughs> into that apartment for years.
0: <laughs> but what, so I'm interested, what do you, cause you guys are, you know, could be classified as bros. What do you guys think about love? Cause I mean, I feel like love attracts a lot of different people like audience, you know?
2: Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm mostly taken aback in a good and bad way by the bro term. We, uh, we're like the anti-bros. We're definitely aware that we're white guys in our twenties, but we also very much make fun of, uh, like we got like a whole episode out of a guy one time bragged about being able to quote unquote, put down a 12 pack. So we were like, let's talk about how that fucking guy's the worst. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know what the hell i am but
1: i like the show <laughs> uh, uh yeah i mean like the show i don't know we, we've talked about it like the the show to me is it's a it's a weird one because i feel like the main characters are designed for you not to like them right or, like they there's like a real human element there where it's like these people are not perfect at right, all it's like they're
2: flawed but you're like fuck they're so flawed <laughs> right
1: and but like that's part of the charm that like Even though you dislike them both so much in like a vacuum that you're like, huh, they kind of need each other. So you root for them. Right. So it's it's a really weird dynamic to like not like the characters but be rooting for them.
2: Yeah. I just like the the pace of it because a lot of shows, especially with couples and stuff, it's like, so like Sal, I'm immediately making this Italian, I don't know why, but like, (laughs) so like Peter. Uh, how's it going with that chick you met we're going out thursday night and then like they cut oh. to that date or whatever and this show is a lot about like person meets
1: now here's that
2: like like day by day yeah. minute by minute well kind it's of it's
1: season two uh, basis. And, and it's season two and and uh the two main characters are still like they're like a, m- a month together
2: yeah like figure right. out whether they're it's each so like slow that. paced
1: but yeah. like it it doesn't gloss over anything, which is nice.
2: Right. It's I was gonna say it's like the part of the I don't know if you could say courting because you you really don't know what the fuck those two are doing. But um, <laughs> it's like the part of the courting process that doesn't really ever make it to to air with right. everything else.
1: But like in right, and anything else, like none of that shit makes makes like the makes it to air because the time is so precious or whatever. Yeah. But like in a real relationship. The beginning stages take fucking forever oh, yeah.
2: those are like important ass right, right? Moments. like the- that's
1: the most high stress por- portion <laughs> of the relationship It's like right? the very beginning and shit takes forever to develop so i think that's that's a pretty cool portion of of love
0: yeah it's relatable you know like what i love is like uh, some of my favorite moments are like when he she's like not texting him and he's like pissed you know Yeah. And then all of a sudden she texts him and then he gets all excited. You know, it's like we've, we, oh, yeah. What that feels like to be like, oh, shit, you know, she doesn't like me anymore. And then you get that text. You're like, oh,
2: yeah. And similarly, like when he's blowing her off, she gets the thing. And I I mean, I've definitely gotten this before where you're like, you know what? I've come to the conclusion that like this is not a good idea. You know, like this person, like I should not be with this person. I should not be pursuing this person. And then, like, you get the text back and, like, all of that is it's, gone. Like, see, right yeah. away. You're like, oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and right? that's, like, literally, it, uh, it's it's significantly heightened. But that's the end of season one going into season two. She's, like, she realizes that, again, it's heightened. So she's, like, I've got all these problems. Like, I shouldn't be with anybody for a year. And then, like, she sees him and they're, like, all right, never mind. Let's yeah, make a date.
0: <laughs> all right, let's make out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: How much of the show, how much of the show is like relatable to you is like hits home at all or anything like that? Like how, how relatable is it for you?
0: Well, you know, dudes, I'm 33 now, so I've kind of been through all this shit now and now I'm, you know, engaged and I've got a dog and I'm kind of like more settled down, but oh my God, in my twenties, like all this shit I can relate to.
2: The, I love the, the scene in season two where you guys are all out at a bar and there are the girls at the other table, and it's like, hey, let's combine parties. And Gus is like, are we fucking doing this right now? Like, right. like how old are we? Like, this is kind of feeling like a little, this is, this should be in the past. And you're like, there's always at least one person who's like, what are you talking about? This is the greatest, fo-
0: like, this is the pinnacle of life. We're talking to chicks, man. <laughs> Where he's like, all I see is like big vaginas talking to big penises. <laughs> and then i'm like that's beautiful yeah that's what it's supposed to be yeah
2: we we actually like our big observation with your character was in season one you say uh you have the i think it's during the like hot or not scene where you're like i just got some really bad news my ex-girlfriend got engaged to a dj i can't compete with that man and now this was before we were all friends we were like, that guy's a fucking good-looking guy. That guy's got shit going for him. That's not believable that that guy would ever feel he can't compete with a fucking DJ. First
1: of all, uh, like that uh, your ex girlfriend marrying a DJ is like the best possible scenario because it's like, ah, her life's gonna suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's where the di- that's where the di- kind of dimness of Chris comes through. You know, like he's just hey. not the smartest guy in the world. He's very he's just happy go lucky. Your manager is Naomi Odenkirk, correct? Yes. Uh,
2: why doesn't everyone just choose her as their manager and be like, "You know, maybe if, if I play my cards right, I'll become best friends with Bob Odenkirk
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because because you don't choose her, she chooses right, she has to choose.
2: oh, that's actually that's a pretty good feather in your cap then.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah she disco- she discovered me in Chicago like six years ago, and now I am very lucky to say that Bob Odenkirk and I are great buddies.
2: That's fucking, and he's like one of your. He's got to be one of your like idols, right? Oh, he's like in my top
0: top five for sure. Um, wow. Yeah, he's so, like, so cool, Evron man. Odenkirk, <laughs> <My Rattler>. Teller. <laughs> yeah, that's my Mount Rushmore right there.
1: I, I I was listening to that to that podcast with EJ, and you said that uh, was Bob told you to to like find a hobby or something, right? And he said woodworking.
0: Yeah. Because LA, man, it's weird. It's not like when you're an actor, you know, you work for a little while, you work for like three months, but then you have nothing to do. It's like, it's a very weird life. It's like highs and lows. And so Bob was like, you got to fill your, your, fill your downtime with a hobby because you should, you should get into woodworking. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'll just put a wood shop in my fucking two bedroom apartment. (laughs) What uh, what did you end up settling on for a
2: hobby? Because in that podcast, you guys discuss hobbies, and you're like, I go to the gym, and EJ's like, that's not a fucking hobby, and you're like, oh, I keep a dog alive, and he's like, that's not a hobby
0: either. Did you find one? What about what about Pornhub?
1: Nice. I think that's I think that's a hobby, and I that also can qu- classify as a workout if you do it right. <laughs> that's right. Best of both worlds. <laughs>
0: That, I have I have no good answer for that yet, man. I'm still just like, what am I supposed to do? Like get into like building birdhouses or something? That's, that's awesome though. Like I feel like
2: you want to be, you said you're 33? 33. You want to be the 33 year old without a hobby because that means you've got your fucking life ahead of you. You don't have a hobby yet. Like imagine how lit, shit's going to be once you have a hobby like you're doing okay now without a hobby at some point in your life you're going to get a hobby once you start fucking like gardening and shit you are going to be untouchable
0: Dude, that's when everything is going to blow up for me so we're going gonna... to be like wow this is peak Chris he is out there
2: just planting god knows what like shooting hoops doing all this stuff
1: <laughs> are you like in right now you're in like uh, you're in like free time mode
0: I'm in free You're time in for another week, and uh, and then we go back to shooting Love season three. And man, I've got some great shit in season three. Oh yeah, anything you can uh, put us up on Game On or no? Uh, no spoilers, but um, if if you if you watch watch some of those episodes in season two, I talk about how I moved to L.A. to be a stunt man. Yes. yes. Yeah, and
1: you so. would try to get and you tried to mingle at a radio party which is smart for a stuntman to do
0: <laughs> right <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments of season 2 too it's so fucking funny when she's like yeah you would you know you think radio has the least amount of stunts right. that whole scene is is really well written
1: and like really funny and also like secretly sad i mean not secretly sad cuz they talk about how sad they are but it's done in such a like a fun, hilarious manner. But it's like, it's a, it's a relatable thing where it's like, fuck, I thought that I would
0: be doing better right now. Totally. That's, I, that's one of my favorite episodes of the season. It's, I love it.
2: Um, you've auditioned for SNL, like a, a lot of times. You, you said either, was it three or is it six?
0: I, I auditioned three times and then I, but they flew me to New York six times to, uh, the other three were just to meet with Lorne Michaels.
2: That's crazy. And, like, you have, you got, like, a good relationship with them and
0: everything, right? With SNL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fans. Is it, like, weird or? They're fans of mine, and I have a lot of friends on the show. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. it's funny white guys are a dime a dozen, you know? Right.
1: Don't we know <laughs> it? Right. Um, We're the unfunny white guys and well, I, also a dime a dozen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because what I was going to ask is, like, do you... And this is weird because, like, you've obviously got a job now and everything. Like, do you view it as, like, a maybe or as, like, a... You've kind of put that behind you.
0: Oh, I think I've put it behind me. I think it's kind of like that ship has sailed kind of a thing. Um, and I'm much... You know, that job is, like... I think it's really stressful from what Nut I've bars, heard. Yeah. yeah. And, like, to, to be, like... On a Judd Apatow show in LA, it's like, that's the life I, I need right now. Not like killing myself to like get a sketch on the air.
1: Right. And I, I mean, like I've heard Mark Marin talk about it and it's just like, how intimidating was that process?
0: Oh my God. It was the worst. I mean, it was such a cool life experience, but it was the fucking worst, man. Like you have to go stand in front of Lauren Michaels for five minutes and try to impress him. And it's like, I mean, it's such a mind fuck.
1: Did you just, like, fucking sit in a room in front of him and, like, try to make him laugh?
0: The The audition is, like, literally on the stage where, like, the host gives the monologue, you know? Okay. You're like, fuck, and... Katie
2: Holmes has been here before. Like, this is,
0: like, I'm... Just... <laughs>
2: that's, it's a weird, that's,
0: that's a weird... That's thought... a weird... That's a weird grail to find. Yeah, I was like,
2: who's... Who, who's hosted
0: SNL? Katie Holmes. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought when I stepped on the stage. This is where Katie Holmes... Uh... So, <laughs> is it, like... So, When you get out, when you get out there, is it, like... Are you doing, like, a stand-up bit? No, or- I was doing, like, character, like, original characters and then impressions. And um, it's just, like, you, it's, like, an out-of-body experience. Like, you, 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 it was almost like I was watching myself, like, watching words come out of my mouth. Very weird. weird. Dude, what uh,
1: weird. What, what impressions can you do?
0: What did I do for it? I think I did Ray Romano. I did the golfer Phil Mickelson. I did um, George Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Uh,
1: i i i want to hear your ray romano
0: oh no ma i don't want to talk about sex no (laughs)
2: that's a pretty good ray uh, romano
0: did you see um don't think twice uh oh yeah the improv movie yeah yes i
2: loved it so that's a that's an awesome movie it's fucking heartbreaking um because I feel like whether or not people have done improv, you just apply that to anything in your life. And um, but Pete Holmes does his audition for SNL is it's Ray Romano singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> and uh, there's a scene of I forget who's going into audition, but they're waiting outside, and you just hear from the other room like Happy Birthday, <laughs> and like then later when he's leaving, Pete Holmes walks by on the cell phone. He's like yeah i think the audition went great i did my uh my ray romano sings happy birthday (laughs) bit.
0: that movie man i walked out of that movie and i was like i felt like i just watched a documentary of the last 10 years of my life yeah you fucking yeah i mean having gone through that that because like i said i thought
2: so i'm a sports writer i came away from that movie applying it to like jobs i wanted to have as a sports writer and like uh, like this person got that thing and like you do the whole thing of like, how close was I? Did I deserve it? Things like that. To literally be in that exact same situation, like as an improviser must have been nuts. Oh, my God. It,
0: it, and, you know, what I really liked about that movie, too, is like the, I feel like the the, the final message is kind of like what what really matters the most is like the friendships you make and the experiences you have together and stuff like that. But, yeah, man, it's like it's such a roller coaster.
2: I actually had written down here uh, Zach Efron. There wasn't anything about it. I was just gonna, we were just gonna find a way to work Zach Efron into the conversation. We, I feel like we did that within the
0: first like three and a half minutes. You you're a pretty, con-
1: pretty, pretty connected, guy. You know Zach Efron. Uh,
0: you know me and F, we uh, we had a falling out. So
1: that's tough. Do you uh, same? <laughs> he doesn't respond to our emails.
0: <laughs> um,
2: you, I mean, you are connected enough though. If somebody was like. I need like you need to be on the phone with Zach Efron in 10 minutes or like your head explodes. Let's just say, uh, I feel like you'd be able to actually do that.
0: I would I would ask for, for 20 minutes and then I think I could do it. You need 20 minutes. Yeah. It would take me 20. <laughs> oh, that
1: that's um, a solid number to be at though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I was 20 there. minutes away from getting Zach Efron on the phone.
2: <laughs> what would your movie? What would your movie? Like, who would you, I'm sure that you've at least got like a friend who is in a movie with him or something that you'd be able to to do that, keep yourself alive.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, well, Ike Barinholtz probably Oh, had shit. It. Jesus. Probably yeah, yeah, it. that's right. You could do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> I oh, feel yeah. like... I'll cut it down. I'll cut it... You know what? I'll cut it down to two minutes.
2: Yeah. Like, there's no way that Ike Barinholtz wouldn't have gotten Zac Efron's number through that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely
2: got it. If we were cooler, like, this, this would be putting you on the spot, so I'm not going to have you reject this idea. <laughs> I'm just going to say we're not going to suggest this, but... It would be wild if we were like, you know what? Let's get Chris to get Ike Baronholtz on speaker real quick <laughs> and be like, "Hey, just I need you to conference in Zach Ephron. You can hang up as soon as he says hello just to like kind of see how quickly we could do this." But again, we're not asking you to do that because that's that's that would be a lot. This- <laughs>
0: so we're, we're 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 grateful for what we have with you, Chris. <laughs> this podcast is now turning into some kind of weird Belco experiment. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's
1: like we just catfished you to get Zach efron on the show.
0: <laughs> that would be it was
2: the long con. We first had like connectivity issues for like thirty five minutes on Google Hangouts, then got you on, then told you a bunch of shit about your show, then told you about something that you had not seen before, then asked you about Zach Ephron and like That'd Hulse. be a
0: wild way to go about doing this. yeah That was not the end game. <laughs> yeah. My my end game here is just to get a few more Twitter followers. So you guys have really been if you, oh man, Will,
2: I mean, I I can't really, but I know Pete. So like, that's my, if someone's like, get someone Twitter followers in 10 minutes, I could call Pete.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I can, I have like a horde of people that will just like do the weird things, whatever I say. So it, I, I, I hold the card here, I think. So in, uh, in season three of love, is there, uh, are, are we finding, are we finding, uh, Chris in, in love?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And I feel
1: like that's the next step,
0: right? Oh my god, I would watch the fuck out of those
2: dates. I would watch those <laughs>
0: dates like you read about. So, you know, I again can't give spoilers. Don't want Judd calling me, you know.
2: Do you guys get do you guys uh get uh have to sign like NDAs and stuff? Yes. Oh yeah, all that shit. Wow. That must be that, that's like a you made it moment. You're like <laughs> I know shit that that someone will kill me if I tell anyone
0: about. I, I know shit that a handful of nerds are really interested in. <laughs> like, yes. you want to get it. Uh, well, how many how many seasons of this show do you, you guys think you could watch? Uh, it's the
2: easiest show to binge. It really so is. Could so, could watch, you could
0: make a thousand
2: uh, seasons and I would do it. Like the, the way that I watched season two, I swear to God, I was like, I'm going to do some laundry and watch a few episodes of Love and i just ended up doing laundry a little slower and i watched the entire season
0: right it's like over before you know it
1: yeah it really is and i mean i think it a lot of it goes back to the fact that i mean again we were talking about it's a slow burn like the it, day's it the day's not over di- from right. like the
2: last episode that you're like i'm not going to stop watching right now they went out to dinner i need to see what happens at dinner right they don't do they don't
1: gloss over anything so it's like you're just watching to find out how this progresses and you don't feel like you're spanning huge amounts of time. Yeah. So it's, it's a really easy watch.
0: Totally. And it's not like you're spending a bunch of like mental energy on it either. It's not like game of Thrones where you have to be like, what would they just say? You know, like rewinding. Yeah. And stuff.
2: I mean, after you do something like that where you have to wait for it to come out, I'm sure that you guys rap and there's probably a lot of optimism coming off it, but then you have to wait not only for it to come out, but for everyone to fucking say whether
0: or not they like it. That must be weird as fuck. It's very weird. It's it's like it is. It's like you're waiting around for for just to hear something. It's very weird. No one's. It, it's been
2: the, the reviews must be like mostly positive thus far. Season two, right?
0: We're we're sitting at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now.
1: Really? Are you really? Yeah. You guys are wow. get-outing the game. Fuck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh do you do you want to stay in tv like i i know that that i've heard people talk about it in different senses where like tv is a more regular gig uh but like do you want to stay in tvs you want to do movies like what's your goal
0: yeah i've I've been booking a couple movies recently um and that's really fun you know i think my goal is just to continue to be a working actor in whatever you know I, i would love to eventually do more movies and stuff but I've only lived in LA for three years. I was in Chicago for like 12 years before. Don't they say that LA is like a 10 year thing? It is, man. It's like, it's literally like you're going to a new high school and you've got to like meet new people and like, you know, find what table you're going to sit at. And so it's definitely like this, it's this slow process of like, you know, your career just like moves an inch forward, you know, every couple of months and yeah.
1: Were you working any like shitty jobs trying while you were uh, trying to get trying to get gigs?
0: Oh, buddy, in Chicago I did them all. I was uh, the only male host at Mike Ditka's restaurant. I worked <laughs> okay. uh, I was a preschool teacher. I've been to that <laughs> restaurant in Chicago. Yeah, man, I worked there for like 5 years. The only male, the only male employee or the only male host. The How was that experience? I wanted to I wanted to be a waiter, but they I didn't have any experience, and so they first they made me a host. And okay. I was the only, the only guy. But then they did you enjoy I that thought, or no? <laughs> oh yeah, man, it was great. <laughs> I mean,
1: it sounds like a, a decent. Uh, I mean, like obviously not what you want to be doing, but like not a bad, uh, not a bad situation.
0: Oh, I mean, did, it sounds menial. It was great, man. <laughs> I was in my twenties, like getting wasted every night, going to improv shows, wor- working as a host. It was great. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the big three: <laughs> getting wasted,
2: <laughs> catching improv shows, and just hosting the fuck out of <laughs> out of Mike Ditka's right re- what's the name of that restaurant Ditka's Ditka's that's what it would be yeah <laughs> <laughs> but this has been awesome Chris um yeah man thanks for putting up with all of our shit and I, I feel like you're also a fan of ours now so
0: <laughs> I'm a huge fan Great, I'm gonna true. tell everybody about you guys anything <laughs> you want to plug before you uh before you bounce I want to plug my twitter which is my name at Chris Witoski, W I T A S K E. And what else? Oh, Instagram, um, at whiteout W I T O W.
2: Nice. Awesome. Um,
0: well, well, we'll, 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 do a joint Ike Barinholtz,
2: Chris, uh, Witoski episode in the <laughs> near future. So we'll talk to you for that. And in the meantime, crush it with, uh, Horatio Sands. Uh, keep up the good work, man.
0: Thanks dudes. You guys are great. And, uh, thanks for as having me. Well.
2: I like him.
1: I, uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's, uh, he's somebody that I can hang out with, I think.
2: And, I mean, he's got cool friends. I'm a
1: little offended that he called us bros.
2: That <laughs> was weird. Did uh, You and I both kind of, we got the, like. We kind
1: of got, shi- we t- we, I, I shivered a little bit in my body.
2: Alarming eyes yeah, looking like, at each other. What does we he like, think this is? Who, who's taking this? And, like, what have we done in They're this right. first however many minutes with him? To, Where did we fuck up? Uh, do you think that uh, we handled that? Did you, that we steered our way out of that right?
1: I was just gonna I was just gonna let it let it go. But you were I like, couldn't. I tried I know, to answer the question that I, I
2: was like, I'm sorry, you said bros and that's just in my fucking head now. I need to clarify no.
1: <laughs> right. I I'm glad you did because it would have it would have sat with me knowing that he thinks that we're bros. I yeah. still think that he thinks that we're bros.
2: I think that he's yeah, he's probably like, Oh, those two
1: it's, they're denying bros. Bros in denial, which is not that's not, not the case. He hasn't seen our merch store. Oh. <laughs>
2: We should send him some merch right. should, and be like, hey, please get that. You had some some bad thoughts during that. Get them <laughs> out of your head because really we're not broke. But yeah, he's a
1: really nice guy. Uh, and I'm I'm really happy that he is getting some shine for love because oh, he yeah. fucking deserves it. He is great in that show. He's
2: awesome. And uh, we talked to him about SNL. He like should he he's a typical I know that he made the joke about him. So like funny white guys are a dime a dozen. But like he is like the type of guy that you see on SNL.
1: He is probably funnier than people that are on SNL right now. That's what I'll say. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, But he he worked uh, or acted or whatever, performed, he performed, that's the word, with uh, like Aidy Bryant and a lot of people who are, uh, what's her face? Uh, Vanessa Bayer. Yeah. Who's awesome. He performed. I mean,
1: he, so he said he's been in LA for three years. Yeah. And he's been on love for two of them, so it didn't take him long in L.A. Right, which is that's wild. That goes to show, like he's got something.
2: Yeah. Um. The question is, does he really love us? I I, <laughs> I confidently throw it there. Like, by the way, you like us now, and he was like, mm.
1: yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't see it. I don't think that uh, he wants us to be friends with him.
0: We're but maybe.
1: Be- uh, we. I think that we. I think we've pushed a little too hard. Like we. We we saw that he was cool, and you were like, You're, "We're going to be best friends with you," and uh, uh, I think there might have been some hesitation there. Yes, but he's also he's friends with Ike Barinholtz. He doesn't need to be friends with us. He's got he's got friends.
2: So he has twelve ninety five followers. So I'm going to tweet right now. If one hundred people don't follow Chris. Witosky. so we're like, right now, so we're like courting him, like we're trying to blow him out of the water. Head will explode. <laughs> it's a little hashtag Belko shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he gets a little
1: a little bump. What's his number at?
2: Uh, it's at twelve ninety five. So twelve
1: ninety five. Uh, so. If his number is not at thirteen ninety five, at least yeah. by the time that this show hits hits the the rounds before, I, let's say before Friday's episode, yeah. if he doesn't hit thirteen ninety five before Friday's episode, we're canceling brunch. Yes, that's we're not a... doing any more of these these podcasts if we can't get our listeners a hundred follows.
2: And I think that this was a this was a fun ass episode that we just did with him. So like that's a this is the kind of shit that you get with us, and you don't get it with other shit. You don't get. You don't get Chris talking to uh, specifically us two on other podcasts. We're the only podcast that does that. So don't fucking give – don't piss that away, okay?
1: I think that we, that like Randy set the bar so high for us that like we're legitimately like best friends with Randy now. So we
2: Honestly, we did this very quickly. When we had him on uh, – so we kicked around how we were going to handle the cute thing, uh, calling him cute. Uh, my idea was to say, you know who's a cutie pie, your character – you were more on board with just how about <laughs> maybe maybe cutting it off at you. <laughs> right. So we went for that. And I I feel like the relationship with Randy makes us really comfortable with our guests. Yeah. Like we think like when you're like, let's do that, we want like, everything to be like we, the right thing to do. We want
1: everything to be the relationship that we have with Randy, but Randy is like the best. So Randy's one of a kind. So I it's not always gonna happen. I don't think it happened this time. But uh, I, I really love Chris. He's great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever he does in the future.
2: Uh, you know, it's great. We're going to keep doing uh, with our guests is telling them <laughs> our favorite lines. Because I don't think any of our guests, when we've said their favorite lines back to them, have been like, oh, thanks. Yeah, that was a fun line. They're usually like, I love that line, too. Right. And then we talk about how cool a line that was. Um, th- so th- th- we're not drug guys. Those are the lines that we do. Oh yeah. Big 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 huge news in brunch history. Guess who's back on Twitter?
1: Father John Misery.
2: <laughs> Farmer John <Ja> Misery. <laughs> uh again, we can never fucking tell what's whether he's trolling
1: or not What's sat what There's
2: no There's is, no
1: real part of Father John Misery. He's Misty.
2: just like a melting fucking guy. And part of me wants to be like, oh, so you're back on Twitter now that your new album's coming out. And his answer is probably like, yeah, I know. Isn't that so pop culture? And I'd be <laughs> like, ah, oh, you dick.
1: <laughs> so you brought up the fact, or you sent us sent a screenshot to uh, the group chat with just his response to, what what was that in? It was a
2: Pitchfork, uh, let me see. It was a Pitchfork um thing uh an interview with him and the headline was uh here is the scandalous father john misty interview you've been waiting for and we weren't waiting for that uh kind they could have said here is the anything with father john Misty." like here finally father john misty's being a douche it's like (laughs) yeah well so the whole q a is basically shit like that like the the interviewer seems to have a good time with him but um so the question is you helped write beyonce's hold up and a couple of songs on Lady Gaga's album, do you still like pop music? And his response, of course, is the more important question is what does the word "like" mean credit oh. to the interviewer for responding to have a genuine reaction to something, an
1: enjoyment that is not ironic <laughs> <laughs> That is the perfect response to like that to be, to be like, that answer you dick, You're right yeah. <laughs> uh and I mean like that that's really like a good question. Does that guy like anything unironically, yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't so. think so. There's no like real part of him that isn't just like a complete, completely satirical asshole.
2: So he uh, so he's back on Twitter and he he still has from the night of the meltdown. Um, he still has the M emoticon in his <laughs> name <laughs> to mock people who put that M there. So if you look real quickly, it looks like they're verified. Right. Um, so he still has that going on. And he just answered a bunch of questions for, it looks like he's been doing it all day. Uh, here's a great example of one. Someone said, who is your spirit animal? And he responded in all caps, Lord, she's mom on point WTF.
1: <laughs> oh God, he is the worst, but also the best.
2: As soon as we were about to tape our interview with uh, Chris, I was perusing the Father John Misty store and bought a hat right away. It was the, the shirt that we were talking about where it's just a shirt with Father John Misty's face, except it's a hat that's Father John Misty's face.
1: Oh, that's God two bless. fucking
2: that's, that's two killer faces in one. Imagine
1: this mug topped by Father John Misty. It's like the ultimate punchable face with the punchable <laughs> hat. Both <laughs> hands.
2: Just uh, use one fist on A right God. for
1: the hat and a left for the face. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, uh, he also
2: put out uh, three songs today that are called uh generic pop songs it's like generic pop song 16 generic pop song four and uh they're all did you listen to any? i didn't listen
1: to them are they bangers (laughs) they're
2: fucking bangers
0: (laughs)
1: god and that's that's like the most conflicting part about my my relationship with father john misty is the things that i like most that he does he does I, ironically, yeah,
2: you know that he's mocking somebody with real love, baby. Yeah, and real love is well, like a the best fucking <laughs> <Yes. songs. laughs> Same with uh, what's the uh, the Toyota commercial? Yeah, two, Pri-
1: Prius, Prius commercial number two or something.
2: <laughs> really good fucking song. I mean, hey, yeah, ho, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what a fucking dick. I bet that the Lumineers heard that shit and they're like, what are they even, what's he even making fun of? Like, what do we do wrong? What do we fucking do to this guy? Um, He also, I think it's in this uh, interview, uh, when I ask the singer-songwriter, best known as Father John Misty, what he means when he sings, betting Taylor Swift every night inside the Oculus Rift, he kind of shrugs, quote, nobody else rhymes with Oculus Rift, he offers adding that his songs come from his subconscious and that every interview he's done in the last year has included questions about the pop star well like you didn't need to fucking do a cover of
1: Ryan Adams's cover of Taylor <laughs> Swift like people are going to ask you about that shit when you do it like you can't you can't like put a f- super famous pop star like on blast and then be like Stop asking right. me about well, that. Oh, I guess you want to know about the Taylor Swift
2: thing. It's like, well, because you did it, yeah. Right. That's, that's, probably, that's probably why. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to his shit. Uh, so this is sometimes we just, like, we chill out after we record these episodes. We're going to stop recording this episode, and then we're going to listen to these generic <laughs> Father John Misty songs. I recommend you guys do the same, because they're probably not going to go on the playlist. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do that now.